Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hey, Jackie Cation here. Welcome to the dark forest. It's November or December of 2022. Uh, you're about to listen to The Dork Forest. My name is Jackie Cation. The website's, of course, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, if you enjoy a determiner. Anyway, uh, November and December, I ask that you do not donate to The Dork Forest, that instead you donate to your local food bank, because uh, it's a nice holiday kind of wintery thing to do. And uh, if you don't know where your local food bank is, you can go to feedingamerica.org, or you can Google the words that are your town's name and the word food bank. Hey, sarcasm. Uh, JackieCation.com is where everything is linked. Like if you go to dorkforest.com, you can see all the notes and it'll link you to the YouTube videos for the Dork Forest and the and Apple podcasts and it's on Stitcher. It's on all the things. Anyway, so JackieCation.com will link you to everything. Dork Forest will link you back to JackieCation.com and to everything else. There is merch. If you have some sort of holiday wish to purchase a Dork Forest t-shirt, uh, the logo is now on a, a black shirt with the the logo in that bright green that the Ranger t-shirt used to be. Sold out of the Ranger shirts, discontinued. Uh, also, I have some stand-up shirts that are squish t-shirts. If you wanted uh, a meat shield t-shirt, I have limited sizes left, but that's still a benefit for uh, to help uh, immigrants and uh, anti-racism stuff. So if you want, go look around JackieCation.com store for your your store needs. I also have a new album out that's playing almost nowhere. That's right, because of legal issues uh, with something called Spoken Giants. Very disappointing. Uh, so the special itself is on YouTube on the 800 Pound Gorilla YouTube channel, uh, linkable off of JackieCation.com. You can also get a DVD or a CD at JackieCation.com. The, the CD itself is listenable at places where you can buy it. So at Apple iPod, iTunes and at Amazon Music that you could also stream it there. If you buy it, I make more money. Uh, but if you want to stream it, do whatever you want. But it's not on Pandora. It's not on Spotify. It's not on Sirius XM. <sighs> and neither are my four other albums. But uh, do whatever you want uh, because uh, it's your life. There we go. What else is happening? I'm touring. I'm doing a lot of stand up on the road. Feel free to come. Feel free. Um, to sign up for the email list at JackieCation.com. Harder to get on because you got to find how you how you put it in to then to get off, which is you scroll and hit unsubscribe. But uh, all of these things are available on JackieCation.com. I'm coming to do stand-up probably near you. If not near you, near someone you love. Tell them. Anyway, let's dork out about something. Let's get into the show. Hi, Jackie Cation. You're familiar with my work. I am uh, the ranger of the dork forest. With you, with you, other rangers of the Dork Forest. We're, we got a dork out here with someone who has a podcast called Dorking Out. Uh, Margo Donahue, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. I have to say, so first of all, Margo Donahue, M-A-R-G-O-D-O-N-O-H-U-E, uh, has three, pod three podcasts and a book that came out today, the day we were recording it. It is available right now. Grab it and show people on the YouTubes. History of film in Brooklyn, right? It's called Filmed in Brooklyn. Uh, filmed in Brooklyn. Okay, that is awesome. So if you want, you would go to Brooklyn Fit Chick, C-H-I-C-K, uh, is her at on Twitter and Instagram. It'll be, This will all be in the notes. And uh, the TikTok is at Margot Donahue. And uh, you have three. Let's just talk about the podcast, first of all. I, I need to ask about Dorking Out first. What is Dorking Out? Dorking Out the podcast. Dorking Out the podcast is my friend Sonia and I, and we just dork out about movies. We're total movie geeks. So right now we're dorking out about Halloween movies because we're in the middle of October when we're recording this. We just recorded right, right. The Sixth Sense. Did you know there's a okay. twist in there? <laughs> I didn't actually get the twist. I didn't know I first. I sat in the theater. Right. Uh, the... the it had it got to the fork when I realized that it he was a 
spoiler alert. <laughs> he was a ghost, you guys. He's a ghost. Anyway, so um, I didn't get it. And I was like, ah. Oh. And I had completely enjoyed the film. I thought the film was exceptional. I had a lovely film. Uh, didn't need, didn't even need the twist, quite honestly. I don't know what I thought would happen. Just some therapy. Um, but uh, the, uh, yeah. Okay, so you guys just, do you do one show, one movie on Dorking Out? You kind of dissect one we movie? We dissect one movie, and then at the end, we talk about, like, things in pop culture. We want to, whatever else we're dorking out about for the week. So it's like... Whatever we're like, it could be movies, other movies, it could be pop culture, it could be TV shows, whatever we're into. Oh, it could be Books. anything. I think, I'd, right, the Dork Forest knows that it could be beads. It could be anything. anything. Do you like table settings? Yes. Yes, Todd. Yes, yeah. Todd Glass. Please come and talk to me about your table setting fetish. Anyway, so um, so what's, uh, what a creep. What a creep is another podcast you have. Yes. What is that? We actually, we talk about creeps from the past to the present. And they could be, it's like your basic, you know, your jerks, losers, assholes, your whoever from the past to the present. Varying degrees of, 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 of horribleness. Yes. It could be somebody from like a big studio person from the 1940s. It could be, you know, sometimes we do serial killers. I mean, there's been a lot of people who do those kind of shows. We kind of stick right. to, we try to make it just about assholes. We don't, you know, every once in a while we'll pick somebody who's like a huge asshole. You know, you're Ted Bundy. Right. Like you, you're not, you're not picking like, like Goebbels or anything, right? No, Are you going? No, we don't go that high, okay. that, that far. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Right. You're not looking for like the worst people of history. <gasps> Genghis Khan. <laughs> no, I mean, it'd just be too much. We kind of like a good old asshole that you can kind of just yell back and forth about and just get out of your system. And then the, what I like about our show is we end each episode with somebody who's not a creep. So that way See, you leave it feeling good about the world. And you're reminded that if you, for some reason, are overcommitted. Right. For some reason, you need to have white, straight, cis dudes in your life. Know in your heart that they exist <laughs> and they're nice ones. There's perfectly nice straight white guys out there. You don't have to book the dirt bag. It's 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 just uh, it's laziness or it's some sort of crazy uh, white supremacism or sexism. So stop doing <laughs> it. Find it. Find a decent white guy. I can name several right off the top of my head. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There is no cancel culture, is there? No, no, no. It's uh, the only punishment Louis C.K. has ever received is his fan base has changed into douchebags. So uh, that is the only punishment. Now, book versus movie. Actually, I kind of want to do that's sort of your dorkdom on this thing. Yeah. On the dork forest. But but we'll get into it. But book versus movie. You guys, do you just pick like a specific? You're like this week, the help. We've done whatever. the help. And uh, yeah, book and movie are pretty rough to get through. I mean, it's and it's just our opinion. We're not experts or anything. That's actually you. You'll like this because it's uh, my friend is named Margo. We're both named Margo. We're on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. OK, Margo and Margo. that is hilarious. She's based in yes. San Diego. I'm based in Brooklyn. And we what we do is we read the book. We watch the movie and then we're going to decide which one we like better. We're doing oh, okay. we're doing Rosemary's Baby this week. And Okay. We've, oh, because again, it is October. It's October. But we did like in September, we did BAM Book Month. Um, but in March, we do musicals. And sometimes musicals are based on books, but sometimes we do magazine articles. We've done songs. We did Yellow Submarine a few months ago. We do <laughs> Disney movies. Like we just okay. we do a little bit of everything. Where, you're like, let's actually look in to the Seven Dwarves and, <laughs> and some of this business and then find out how Walt just completely made it adorable. I, made it a, I had a discussion with somebody today and we were talking about Grimm's fairy tales. And we were like, you know what? They're pretty damn grim. <laughs> <laughs> right. They are grim. And I, they, yeah, they're, they're parables. So I get it. You're trying to scare. I've always been, here's how I like to teach uh, with comedy. Uh, I think I, I remember scared straight when I was a kid and yeah. I don't remember being scared straight. I remember being irritated and, uh, I, you know, I don't know if you were ever hit as a child, but I remember thinking to myself, I can take a hit. Well, yeah. And, uh, my mother's more terrifying than any of those guys in the T yeah, right. the TV movie. Yeah. Do you remember that with Terry yeah. Nunn of Berlin? I do remember the TV movie. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. My mom pointing so, her finger at me was like enough to like stop me from anything. 
<laughs> right. Well, it was she controlled all of the indoors, yes. anything. She controlled all access. So book versus movie is is one of the podcasts. What a creep is another one. Dorking out is another one. Mm-hmm. You can go to Brooklyn Fit Chick on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. You're it's Margot Donahue. Mm-hmm. And the book which just came out is uh film filmed in Brooklyn. Yep. There we go. And um let's get into whatever because it's essentially it's Stephen King. That's your dorkdom. It's let's start with that anyway. You you gave me a list. I, but I like the idea of yeah, Stephen King. Yeah, I I so Stephen King is like a huge part of my life. I don't know where. It, I guess it, where did it begin? You it sounds like you began too soon, too early. It was. I started so. Yeah, it was around the fourth grade. I tell people when it came to my reading, I went from Judy Bloom to Stephen King. I was like. Yeah, that's nine. <laughs> You're nine years old. I'm like, and I can't, I can't read Stephen King to this day. Yeah, I get that all He's, the time. Yeah, it's too frightening. I've, I've never been able. It's frightening. It's tense. Yes, it isn't. You know, it's not that. It's just it builds on itself so well. It's incredibly well crafted, and uh, I only want to watch Stand by Me. Yeah. So uh, there you go. What uh, so? What were you reading when in fourth grade? Well, so we like the stand. No, were you reading the stand? I did actually. I thought probably that maybe fifth grade. I saw the, the stand. No, so <sighs> we were in the fourth grade. We were moving from Long Island to New Jersey, and okay. we were staying at my grandparents' house because you know that thing where you pack up and then the next day you get in the car and the moving van's yep. behind you, right? So my grandparents, right. they always. My mother grew up like Sabrina. You know the movie Sabrina. She grew up in the little yes. house next to the big house. They always worked for like oh. rich people, like Rockefellers yeah. and stuff. Sure, sure. Her dad was a chauffeur. Yes, exactly. Yes. So my grandfather right. took care. He was a he was an Irishman, a little Irishman, and he took care of horses and animals and stuff like that. Oh, he was the stable yes. guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so we were staying at okay. their house. We were in this little house, and we always like thought it was kind of spooky. It was in the woods, you know, and it's you know, Great Neck, Long Island. Oh, I'm sure it's amazing. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But like we're. But at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> and they played this movie called Salem's Lot. And it's about vampires uh, taking over this this neighborhood. And it's got David Soul. You know, don't give up us on. Don't give up on us, baby. And Starsky and Hutch. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Starsky and Hutch. Okay. <laughs> Lance Kerwin. He was like a heartthrob, like teen beat. Okay. And their vampires are taking over their main town. So they aren't the vampires. This is pre-making the good-looking guys vampires. Right. This is the good-looking guys are going to fight vampires. Right. Salem's Lot. Yes. Okay. So, so it's a Ben Mears is is a David Soul's name. So he moves to the town. He's a he's a writer, and then he goes back to his main town, and he's like, and all of a sudden, vampires are taking over the town because that's where vampires go to this little town, middle of nowhere. True. When you're super hungry, right? I think like right, right. Why not? Yeah. Where you're super noticeable and the, and the, and the feeding frenzy is literally seven. Right. People. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. So that's where <laughs> they go. And there's this scene where, so Lance Kerwin is this kid. That's like this, this, uh, he's supposed to be like a little Stephen King. He's this kid. That's kind of weird. That likes monsters and crap like that. And at one point, one of his friends gets bitten by one of the vampires. And then at night he's flying around the kids, Lance Kerwin's room. And he's like outside the window, like, let me in, let me in. And that terrified me. And we're, I'm not in my bedroom. I'm not in my house. We're in my grandparents' house. So right. it's already like kind of destabilizing and kind of creepy. Sure. Sure. It's un- uncomfortable because not familiar surroundings. Right, 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 right. And yeah, spoilers yeah. for Salem's lot, by the way. Sure, then, from the 12th century. Right, it's right. fine. And then, yeah. spoiler, but the big, one of the big vampires, head vampires, comes to Lance Kerwin's house and then just kills his parents in front of him and then Ooh. kills the priest in front of him. Like a priest comes over to the house. And I'm like, and I'm a little Irish Catholic girl. Right, How right. How can you kill a priest? You can't kill you a priest. Can't. That you're you're totally gonna go to hell. Right. Not realizing, of course, vampires right. already in hell. Right. I yeah. didn't understand those yeah. things. No, no, no. You you were like, oh no, oh, no, oh no. So it like everything <laughs> like up was down. Like everything was just completely like I'm the inside out world. So after that, 
I'm like going to, my mom said, like all of a sudden they, they would take us to the library once a month and I'm going from the Judy Bloom section and all that kind of stuff to the horror section. And I'm, you're like, you're terrified, but you're like, I need more. Of I this. did. I'm gonna I need don't more know what it was, but I liked that is amazing. scaring myself. And my parents were like, yeah, yeah. what is wrong? You're sleeping with the lights on and you're already a bad sleeper. You're already an anxious right? person. You already. That is so were, weird yeah. that, that it. That is okay. Now, here's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Because when I went over to old people's houses when I was a kid, uh, when I would do uh, babysitting and stuff like that, I would always ransack their bookshelves. Yes. And um, one time I found an art book with noodlies in it. And uh, it was very exciting. There were nudes. Yes. And uh, the next time I babysat, that book was gone. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but the, uh, um, the, but it was, I thought you had found like a, like a Stephen King novel and no. then just voraciously read it. Have you ever read Salem's Lot? I read it after that. Yeah, because yeah, I would imagine. I needed more context or something. Like, I think if I read this, I'm going to understand it better. It scared me even yeah. more. Right. How is it? Um, how are adaptations of Stephen King novels? Are they pretty good? They're okay. They're good to okay. There's a couple of excellent okay. ones. You know, Stand By Me is fantastic. I think yeah. his shorter stories make for better movies because you can expand on what he's doing there. It's when, because most of his books, though, like Margot, my co-host for Book Versus Movie, she always, she doesn't like scary, she doesn't like slasher stuff. She doesn't like, she's like you. She doesn't need that stuff. She doesn't like to be frightened. Yes. I'm already frightened. Yeah, she, I don't need to be more That's frightened. her point, too. And she's also it's not, like. It's not cathartic. It's not, no. some people, it's cathartic. Right. Well, I think for yeah. me, yeah, it's something like, I, it makes me laugh and I kind of giggle about it. <laughs> but she was like, what is the point of, like, Christine? And why do I need 500 pages of it? I was like, <laughs> I can't argue with you, but I like it. Right. Okay. Okay. Christine, I feel like is the car. That's the car. The dog. Cujo Christine is, is the, the car. Cujo's the dog. That one is messed okay. up. I get you oh, there. Is it? Cujo's messed okay, up. Well, okay. So did you read Christine? I've read 500 pages about a possessed I car. I read everything uh, in the 80s for sure. Like everything. Okay. Every year at Christmas. He's very prolific. Oh, yeah. He's very prolific. He, I, somebody who, like, who drank as much as he did, who, you know, did as many drugs as he did, he somehow... Dude, crank stuff he up. He cranked stuff out, and he was still, like, a family man. I mean, it's so... He's so interesting, his dichotomy. And right. all of his kids turn right. out, like, they're great people. They're nice people. Everybody says, you know, they're all... And he's supposedly I've the nicest Joe guy. Joe Hill's... Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I might follow him on Twitter and yes. his son, Joe Hill. I read his, um, he wrote Lock and Key, mm -hmm. which is a graphic novel, which is the only thing, the only place that I've ever been able to do horror is in graphic, in comic book form. Sure. And not, not before bed, uh, but I can read it because for some reason it's not as instantaneous as tell as a movie or television. I gotcha. And there isn't. And when I'm reading prose, my own brain makes it scarier. So somewhere in between there, right. someone is drawn very, and the art and lock and key is very gorgeous. What is nice is that the Joe Hill, um, it became, it was critically acclaimed before he came out that he was Stephen King's son. Yes. He didn't want, he didn't want the, the, the nepotism or the cronyism. Nepotism. Nepotism. And um, so, but what, Christine, why is, can, this is, let it be spoilery. Why is the car possessed? What, what's happened? Okay, so the car, there, it's, I think, like, something about a burial ground. And, <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Like, like, they parked it on top of a Native American right, burial ground? something about a burial ground, I believe. It's a real <sighs> long backstory, which you don't need. <laughs> I mean, the John Carpenter movie kind of sets it right. Like, just get the kid in the car and have the car eat people. Like, that's pretty much... <laughs> And have it has a great. Have you seen that movie? No, it's, it's great. See, yeah, yeah, you're really not into those, right? Like, oh my god, that's so funny. So, does it is are there satisfying endings? Because Stand By Me has a pretty satisfying ending, yes. I think. In his novels, yeah, for me, no, yeah. And I think the, the joke with the Stephen King, and I'm being very broad, I mean, I, yes, Stephen King fans are a weird bunch. There are some people who are very 
precious about it. Like everything is perfect. Okay. Everything's great. All this films suck. Oh, oh, okay. There, oh. like, there are people who are like, I only read. I, I am a purist. Um, well, and I say, Rangers, if that is you, that's fine. Right. Uh, you may not enjoy this particular episode. There's easily nine hundred other episodes. Well, I believe eleven hundred. But go ahead. Right. So I think there's the joke among Stephen King fans, and they and it's in the second It movie, which I'm also going to guess you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I missed. I couldn't watch the second it movie. I didn't see the first right. one. Obviously, that's the old joke. Okay. So there's a, so Stephen. Spoilers for it part two. Stephen King appears okay. in a cameo in the movie, which I was like, sweet Jesus! Like I, I got very excited about Yay. this. He actually makes a joke in there, like, oh, he he has a a, 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 a not like a hardware store, but it's like a knickknack kind of shop. And there's a book okay. in there, and he goes, oh, you know, I hate that author, that guy. He never knows how to end his books. And that's sort of like the joke oh. about Stephen King. Like he's got two thirds of an idea and then he just doesn't know how to end the story. Oh, wow. So um, he doesn't have a lady. In, my least favorite uh, historical yeah. the, uh, book that was written ever in history is a, is a short story called The Lady or the Tiger. I don't know or that. The Lady and the Tiger. It is from the 1840s, I think. And it is a short story and it is about a princess princess i tell you uh who has fallen in love with someone who is unsuitable and uh the king captures this young man and uh it is about the nature of love he's like how much do you love this man because uh you will pick uh he is in he, he is uh standing before the the di- the dais mm-hmm. whatever the throne and he's standing there and there are two doors and the king says to his daughter you have to pick one of those two doors one has another woman that he can marry and I will shower all kinds of money to, and they will live probably a very lovely life. And if you love him, you will pick that door. The other door has a tiger that will kill him. How much do you love him? Or like, if he, if you can't have him, can anyone have him? Cause you can't have him. And, uh, and sh- so he forces that decision. The King clearly knows nothing of love. Right. Right. But, I was going to uh, say, <laughs> yeah, her dad, Kind of a dick. Doesn't know Jack. Uh, so, lady, but the thing is, is the book, the novel, the short story ends before she makes the decision. You're to make the decision. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it's a, it's a literary device that was, for some reason, some asshole English teacher in my high school years made us read it. And she was like, what would you choose? What would you choose? What would you think should be chosen? Ugh. What is the philosophy of what it should be? Anyway, so does Stephen King end his novels like that, where it could go either way? No, it's more of okay. <laughs> he creates a monster and then he makes it a bigger monster and a bigger monster and a bigger monster. And then he brings all these other things in and then he and he admits this. He doesn't have structure. He doesn't outline a goddamn thing. Wakes up, <laughs> he has coffee, goes for a walk, comes back and writes. And whatever hits him, wow. hits him. And it's and I admire that. I mean, that's gotta be that's some well it works for it's him. clearly working right. for him. Who yes. are we to make fun of that? He's the he's the institution. Right. You've read dozens of his right. books from the sound of exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so But it's like, for example, it like the original story, spoilers for it. They the, basically okay. this clown that kills kids every 33 years because clowns because because clowns and 33. OK, right. Is he an immortal clown? Pretty much. Yeah, it goes back centuries. Okay. And so okay. and so it's like every he just kind of rises and then kills children because kids. Oh, OK. Kids and everything. Because clowns, kids, murder. Yeah. Date, Ma- right. Mary, Derry, Maine, all that stuff. But he, all of a sudden, at the very end of the story, he turns into this giant spider, and then the kids have to kill the spider. And when you read that, you kind of go after, and this is 800 pages in, and you're just like, a fucking spider? Excuse me, can I swear? Oh, okay. Please do. You're like, fuck, it's a spider? But by then, well, I'm 800 pages in, I got to stick with it. And right, right. How the what is this? Do the children get to kill the spider? Yes, yes, they do. But then, yes, they do. But then they have to. But why? But why? Not explained. Not explained. I mean, it's just spider. It's just a spider. Clowns, children, spider. Right. 
Don't don't talk to me. I got to go take a walk and write another book tomorrow. <laughs> I got an advance due, man. I got to get this stuff done. He does that, though. He he ends worlds or he'll kill somebody off and then he doesn't know what to do after that. That's kind of like what he's known for. Wow. And it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a um, pet cemetery and that's that's a frightening one. I mean, it's like it's like basically spoiler his uh, his child dies and he buries the child in there. And then the child comes back. I mean, it's. Oh, wait, he tra- buries a, a, a human child in the pet cemetery. Yes. Are, and the pets are infuriated. Well, one of the pets. So the so first what first what dies is the daughter's cat. And then his son dies. And so the cat and the son come back and they're just not OK. And the message is like, dead is dead. Leave him alone. Go on. Right. right. Don't reanimate. Don't don't do that. Right. Right. You don't, you got to have another kid. And That's what Hamilton did. He had an eighth child and named him Philip again. No. Anyway. So uh, and the best part weird. is that um, the Ramones <laughs> had a song. It's called I don't want to get buried in a pet cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> so just a random that's the story. That's the what would happen? What would happen if a if a child were buried in a pet cemetery? Right. Do, are they are the animals angry? Is the cat mad? Oh, cat's or furious. Just, the Dude, cat's furious. This is our space. I got run over by okay. a truck because you weren't paying attention. <laughs> oh, that'll. Oh, that'll. Yeah. yeah. What about Cujo? Was Cujo buried in the pet cemetery? Did, no. they, did they ever show those in the movies? Cujo got just rabid. And I don't remember in the book if they explained it as well in the movie, but the movie, it's that you have a little more empathy for Cujo because he is bitten by something that makes him rabid. But right. it's pretty terrifying. I mean, he does, you know, ter- ter- you know, terrify D. Wallace in a car. I mean. Right, right. Sure. Yeah. You've seen the clips, um, right? I mean, of Cujo. I've seen the clips. Yeah. I've seen the clips. Uh, the only Stephen King, other Stephen King movie I think I've seen is Cat's Eye. Ooh, Cat's Eye, I, is that I think it? Cat's Eye, yeah. Which was an anthology. It was an anthology of different stories. Oh my gosh, yes. It was such a weird, I don't know. I've been dragged to scary and creepy movies uh, and dramas, quite honestly. I don't want any part of a drama either. Really? Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I Let me just tell you. Stick a lollipop in my ass and drag me into the woods. I cannot possibly. I cannot. I'm already holding on by a thread. Gotcha. Let us not. Anyway, so it's just uh, that's not true. But I mean the. Um, but for some reason I don't. I don't enjoy them, and um, which is weird because I do occasionally read a sad book. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I it ends happy in the end. It can have some sadness, but, uh, but you need some something hopeful, right? In the end, yes, yes, yes. I, because I, that's why I, that's why I go to entertainment. I go to entertainment to laugh. I go to entertainment to uh, possibly learn something or to be entertained. Uh, action movies, bad guys get it. Bad guys got to get mm-hmm. it. And um, so, uh, cat's eye. But I've been dragged to that, and I've been dragged to the Silence of the Lambs. I once accidentally saw the Omen. These are not things that I would have chosen. This is not things I uh, watch when I'm bored. Like, let me put (laughs) the movie where the girls in the the cement basement, you know, just screaming for her life. Oh, yeah. See, and I think if you think they're funny, because eventually, like, I think I watched Pulp Fiction and I didn't like it. Right. And then it was playing once the DVD came out, it was playing at every party I went to for like a year. It was just background video at every party I went to. And finally, I was like, oh, no, I, I like this movie. All right. And uh, but it took a second. So if, if, if it's like that with The Omen or The the Exorcist or whatever, it's uh, but I don't like, like I never understand why someone has purchased the DVD of Schindler's List. That's where you lose you know? me. Stuff like that. Yeah, I don't get. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's it's powerful. It's very well done. Not it. It's a huge bummer. What? what yeah, why would you ever watch that twice? I was glad that he had a list. Yeah. He saved hundreds of lives. Turns out a couple million died anyway. But it is proof that we can make some difference. Yeah. So it mattered to that fucking starfish. How about yeah. that? Anyway, so <laughs> remember that old joke where the where the guy picks up a snail and throws it? 
He's it's at his front door. It's on it's on the the, the stoop, and it and and there's a snail, and he picks it up and he whips it, and uh, like six months later, the doorbell rings, and it's the snail, and he goes, "Why'd you do that?" <laughs> Anyway, it's really, it's a very, uh, it could be told as one of the longest jokes in the world or like that. And that's how I prefer that joke, as a matter of fact. Anyway, uh, I've digressed like I do when I want someone to like me. Margot Donahue, uh, you're great. Uh, you're so great. It's at, <laughs> at Margot Donahue on the TikTok at Brooklyn Fit Chick, C-H-I-C-K, F-I-T, uh, on the Twitter and the Instagram uh, book versus movie, what a creep, dorking out, new book called um, Filmed in Brooklyn. And now I want to ask about misery. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. OK, so you I love I've jumped ahead. I no, think, no, no, right? that's or, fine. So like that's one. I read that in one single sitting. Oh, in a sitting? Oh, yeah. Like I just I picked up that book and I just I couldn't put it down. And it's one of the best ones. I mean, it's, it's and it's got a great beginning, middle and an end. I think, oh, nice. it's, uh, I think it's an, the movie's even better than the book and the book is pretty damn great. I, oh, I really? think it's one of Rob Reiner's best movies. I think it's I think it's incredibly well acted. Did you see the movie or did you say no? No, I've seen clips. OK, I've seen clips. You're like, Peace and, out. But I love I like uh, Kathy, Kathy Bates, Bates. Kathy Bates. Bateman. Anyway, Whatever. Kathy Bates. Whatever. She, uh, we don't know each other. I like her a great deal. Anyway, so, uh, but she, she was in Titanic. Is, uh, she was in Titanic. She was in a movie with uh, the guy who was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, who's very famous, uh, <laughs> uh, who said, I'm, whose name I'm spacing, doesn't matter. Uh, and But he, but I like Kathy Bates a great deal. Right. Who played the Stephen King character? I forget. Oh, in Misery. Oh, it's, uh, it's Sonny Corleone. Uh, Oh, James, okay. Uh, no, not James. Sonny Corleone. One of the okay. So from the Godfather. The Godfather. James Con. James Con. Oh. There we go. All right. Have you seen the Godfather? And uh, I saw the first one. And this is a it's a it's a classic Cation moment. We get to the end, or not Cation, because all of my brothers, it's their favorite movie. Yeah. And uh, and my dad, he likes it. He's just like. I lived it. And you're like, no, you were a bag man for a bookie in Milwaukee. <laughs> that is not a Corleone or even a Soprano like moment by my beloved father. And, but the, um, but I, uh, at the end of it, uh, cause a friend of mine gave me this, the VHS. She's like, you have to watch them. And the second one's the best one. So I watched the first one and I finally got all the jokes. And then, uh, I was like, at the end of it, there's that long shot. Uh, and the guy goes into uh, the office and kisses his ring. Mm -hmm. And then the door closes. And I was like, you just lied to your wife. <laughs> this is not going to end well at all. It's and like so he's a I bad person or something. <laughs> it's almost like he's a bad person. And so, like, I know that it's incredibly well done. There's amazing television being uh, done out there that I don't want any part of. Right. And, uh, you know, you're... Like I, I, I watched Mad Men for a season because mm -hmm. I love the ads. Yeah. I love the advertising part of it, but I was like, oh, that John Hamm character is such a tool. Yeah. I can't be part He's of it. He's a dick. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sort of a, I tort, I dork out about New York. So I really kind of, oh, right, I get right. sort of really into that. And I worked in the marketing world. So I kind of like, I, I dork out about that kind of thing. Godfather mm -hmm. is something it, you benefit the more you take it in. like Pulp Fiction. It's kind of you, you right, do right. kind of the more you get right. it. But I understand. Yeah. You only have so much and time I in the get, day. Right. And I and I get all the references and I can I can talk about the guy who played fish on Barty Miller. Abe Vigoda. And uh, Abe Vigoda, who for years lived long after everyone thought he, he was, was old <laughs> when he was like 30. Like, <laughs> yes, he was that guy yeah. who always looked like he was 45 years yeah. old. He looked like he was 45 years old when he was 65 years. Yeah. Old. And then he, when he was when he was 75 years old, he looked 114. So, um, yeah. Uh, but a Fagoda was great. And um, and so, no, I get it. It's and it's very beautiful. But I never like I uh, like even sometimes like some of the Star Treks. Yeah, I don't do all the Star Trek. Yeah, they're a little heavy for me, and I'm like, all right, I just kind of, I don't, I, I'm not saying I need it to be Star Wars, but I would like it to be a little lighter. And uh, I'm with you there. I can only take so much yeah. of that. Yeah, 
So misery is, so the book was actually really good. I think it's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And is it one of the shorter ones? Yes, I think so. Because if memory serves. If I was going to read a a, a Stephen King novel, from what you have learned in the last 30 minutes, what would you think would be good for me? I think, honestly, I think, you would go for different seasons and then read Stand By Me because it's a novella. <laughs> right. And I think right. you would really enjoy it. I think because there's a lot there. And Well, I tried to read 1963. That's a good one, but it is an investment of time. Yeah. It's, it's dense yeah. and it's a time travel. And I loathe time travel stories because they're usually... I like them. Right. If they're well done, I like them. Right. Connie Willis, the Doomsday Book. Uh, tell me about the dog or whatever. Uh, I like Connie Willis. I like Cage Baker's time travel uh, series, The Company, mm-hmm. a great deal. It's one of my favorite series. And um, they, it can be done. The history has to be done right. And it has to be written relatively lightly. Right? Right. As opposed to Outlander. Which is like going to a society of creative anachronisms, you know? Uh, so it's like going to a, 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 an Al-Anon meeting where everybody's like, please, Robert's rules. We have to make sure. Right. And 1963 was a little bit of that for me. But I know that people, like history books, people, like, I wish I liked to read history books, too. Because I like history. Yeah, yeah. I like history books, too. I mean, but I don't read them as much as I should. I like a lot of different right, things. Right. I, I, I enjoyed yeah. that one. That's actually 1963. That's the one I really, I, I got that on the audiobook and I had it on my phone. I had it everywhere. So I was like completely into that. That TV series on Hulu is pretty good. It's not my okay. favorite, but it's a pretty good adaptation. What is, what is your favorite adaptation or a couple of them? I think yeah. Carrie. Because you liked Misery. I liked Misery. Well, I like the first Carrie. I know it's not, I mean, there's been a few. I'll watch all of them. Let's be clear. <laughs> um, I will be a completist with that one. I, I just like the story. How many are there's there? There's like a few. There's so there's like three or four. Did you know there was a okay. there was a musical on Broadway about Carrie? No, but why wouldn't there? Yes, because that's the one. That's the one about about prom. Yes, or something? it's the prom. That the prom one? So that's the one. It's Sissy Spacek and John Travolta. Yeah. It's 1976. And John Travolta. Yeah, yeah. Brian De Palma directed it. And oh my gosh, I don't think I knew John Travolta was in oh it. Oh yeah. Oh okay. he's hot. He's so hot. It's a Oh that's so cool. He's so cool. It's uh it's yeah, so Sissy Spacek is Carrie and she has ESP and she's this dorky girl <gasps> and everybody makes fun of okay. her. And then all of a sudden she's like has a Breck girl moment and she has like her beautiful hair and she goes to the prom and then all the kids are mean to her and they drop blood on her and then she all of her her psychic powers come out and she burns the whole place up. And she fucking goes wild. <laughs> and it's amazing. And Piper Laurie just has the, uh, she plays her mother and she's this religious fanatic. And Piper Laurie, when she filmed the movie, she thought she was making a comedy. She did not know it was a horror film. She thought she was making a comedy. She hadn't made a film. So she in played 15 it for laughs? Years. Yep. She played it for laughs. She hadn't made a film in 15 years. And Sissy Spacek was just in her own little world. So she didn't notice and then Piper Laurie came to a scream, screening and then she heard everybody yelling and everything. And she was like, she was furious because she's like, what's going on here? She, she, and then she got nominated for an Oscar. She had no idea. Was she hilarious? Piper Laurie? In no, it? terrifying. She's completely terrifying. It was even, cr- it's even Creepier. scarier. She's playing a born again Christian who's trying to like scare her daughter and tell her daughter that her daughter gets her period for the first time. And that brings out her telekinetic powers. And so her mother's saying, okay, I would that it were so <laughs> would that it were Are so you kidding that every, me? Ugh, that would be the greatest X-Men ever. I would trade. Would I would be, give anything for that. Are you kidding me? I think that would be It would justice. be like you are an it'd be like the bat mitzvah where <laughs> you're just like you are an adult and here's your powers. You have levitation or teleportation or you're super strong she or whatever it is. She can levitate things. She can exact revenge oh, on her enemies. Oh, she has telekinesis. Yes. Carrie. So she has ESP, so she can read minds. She's psychic. Psychic can read uh, minds. She has psychic powers. She can okay. light shit on fire. She can burn shit down. She can do anything. 
It's amazing. And it's like, oh, I kind of want to see it. It's kind of amazing. It's really amazing. I think I would want to see it in a group. Yes. Maybe in a group, it would be less scary because people would be like, oh, here it comes. Especially if people have seen it already. Yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't be as scared if I saw it with people. They turned it. Yeah. yeah. So then it was it it was turned into a Broadway musical in 1986. (laughs) And if who was in the musical? Tell me Bernadette. No. Bernadette Pauly, Bernadette Peters or Bernadette Pauly. Great stand up comic. Everybody. Or stand up. Get into it. Bernadette Pauly. Yeah. Yes, Pauly. (laughs) Peters is sick tonight. I don't know. But uh, they got. They started so it was a, a production between the Royal Shakespeare Company and some backers in New York City, right? 1986, okay. New York City. Everyone's coked out of their heads. They put this thing together. <laughs> if I could build a time machine, I would go back to New York to see this that thing. That would be the thing you would That's do. That's what I would like, do. I'm not going to kill Hitler. No. What I'm going to do is go watch. I that. would drain my parents' bank accounts <laughs> and buy every apartment in Brooklyn, and I would go see oh this musical. <laughs> I have a plan. Your parents would be so, that is a plan. I would, everyone would be okay. Trust me. I'd say, just trust me. But anyway. Just trust me. It'll be and fine. And they did yes. it. And it. And it was this, and it's one of the, the most prolific bombs, basically, you could say. Like for years, not since Carrie. And then like anytime there was a bomb on Broadway, they would just always reference Carrie. Not since Carrie. Not since Carrie. And that's the name of a book. <laughs> not since Carrie. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> So, but they, and over the years, it kind of, it's been redone and remastered and then it's been reimagined. The, they ever put it on ice? They, ever uh, they put it should on ice? put it on ice. I'd see the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, that's the ice capades I need to see. But the movie has been redone like two or three times since then. Okay. So Carrie's been redone yeah. a bunch. The, and every, and every time it's pretty good. It's okay. It, the, the original is the I best. think so. I kind of think so. Okay. That's that's just and my the book opinion. and the book holds up. Yes, it's his first book. It's not you oh. know, it's like any first novel. It's gonna have, you know, it's it's but he you could tell this is somebody who could spin a yarn, as they say. Yes. You know? Yes. But he went Very from nice. somebody who was flat broke, had three kids, you know, want, been wanting to be a writer since he was like ten years old, to right. All of a sudden, he had like this $5,000 advance, which is pretty good, like 1970, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then within six months, he was a millionaire. Wow. You know what I mean? That And that, yeah. and then from that, he just kept making books and movies. You know who, uh, I think this guy was already a millionaire, but he had never written a novel before, and I've now read three of them. The Thursday Murder Club. What's that? He is a stand-up comic out of Great Britain. And he writes, uh, it's, it takes place in like a senior uh, retirement home in England. One of the fancy ones that has a restaurant and, and, a, and a, what used to be a convent and all this stuff. And there are four retirees, four pensioners, an old MI6, like sort of Reds or um, uh, like, uh, what was the other one that was old people solve crimes? But this is old people <laughs> solve crimes. And... <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know, like Nancy, was it, who was it? Nancy Lyons? Nancy, what was, who was not Nancy Lyons? She does uh, nonprofits in Minneapolis. No, Jessica, I, I'm trying to think of like Murder, She Wrote. That's all I could think of. Okay, not Murder, She Wrote, but uh, remember the Helen Hunt uh, mingling wrinkles, you know, old people fall in love movies. <laughs> There were a there were several movies where old people, older people, fell in love, and Meryl Streep was in a couple of them. You mean Helen Mirren? Uh, no, Meryl Streep. Uh, 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 and and uh, it might have been. It's complicated. Oh, that rings a bell. Yeah. Uh, who did it's comp? Uh, the name I'm I'm so Diane sorry. Diane Keaton to take. Yes, it was Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin, Steve Martin, John Krasinski. And, um, it, I'm trying to find who wrote it and, uh, or who directed it. And it was, um, the food average reviews, what average reviews, leave me alone. Nancy Myers. Oh yes. Yes. Nancy Myers. She did like several mingling wrinkles, uh, romantic comedies, one with, not with Helen Mirren, but with, um, Helen Hunt. And it was the one with Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt where you make me a better person or whatever. So the Thursday murder club 
is essentially it's better than that, quite honestly, though, but it's old people solve crimes. And this guy has written, this is his first novel, The Thursday Murder Club. And Steven Spielberg bought the rights to it, and they're making a movie. And they're in their 80s, and Steven Spielberg will not cast anyone in their 80s, even though he is in their 80s, his 80s, because he thinks it's a series, and he wants them to be alive to do the next in the series. So he's going to cast people in their 50s and 60s. Oh, okay. Is, that was the rumor I heard. But um, anyway... Stephen, uh, so this guy, Richard Osman, is a comic out of the UK who is now a multimillionaire uh, gazillionaire because he's got a, a thing. So that's what happened to Stephen King. That's I'm bringing it back. Right, I'm you're bringing, bringing it, it back. back. We're coming around. I love this. We're coming around. Yeah, he had just, he, like I said, he was like living in poverty. He and his wife like had two or three jobs apiece. And then boom, he just had this amazing right you know but it's and it blew up but he he was working hard you know he was just constantly working at it and that's what you have to do yeah, he's grinding it out yeah yeah that's you know yeah he directed one movie and i'm just blanking on the name of it now and a pox upon me for doing that it was uh it's this one where acdc does the soundtrack for it and it takes place it's in north carolina and it's uh they they're um Oh God! It's when the machines take over. All the trucks are taking over. Maximum overdrive. Yes, maximum overdrive. <laughs> Thank you. He directed. He it? directed it, did, and he was out. Did of he his... write it? Oh yeah, he wrote the short story. It's a Dino oh. De Laurentiis pr- production. Emilio Estevez is in there. Wow! And it's these trucks run a run amok, and they're trapping these people in a diner, and. He he might be a very silly man. Yeah. Stephen King. He might be in addition to enjoying something super creepy and ruining clowns for people. <laughs> he might be an absurd because I think he is the one because prior to that clowns were beloved. I think before Stephen King clowns were beloved. I think Tim he Curry pointed said out that. that clowns Oh really? Because he played he did a, a 30 years ago he was in the original TV it. And Tim, okay. and there's been a documentary recently about that movie. And Tim Curry has said that, yeah, yeah, people have told him like before that, that like he's like the cause of their nightmares for years. And he just laughs right. it off like, OK, good. <laughs> That's fine. Clowns are dumb and or whatever. Some people don't like clowns. Uh, it's it's weird about clowns because I don't I don't know a lot about like there's an art. To, I wish to have a clown dork on, actually, because that would be an interesting thing to, to how much you love clowning. There was a woman who used to do stand up who was also a clown and um, she also did music and sang about clowning. She called it clowning. Who was I don't this? have a lot of it. Inf- I cannot remember her name. Gosh, uh, I've never heard of this. Yeah. I remember Krusty yeah, the Clown she, LA. on The Simpsons. Right. On The Simpsons. But remember, in the 50s, there was a clown show that Krusty the Clown is based right. on that was very popular and children and beloved. But now if you were to watch it, children would be like, I don't know why I'm creeped out, but I'm kind of creeped out. And it's because clowns, Stephen King, what do you think Stephen King's greatest um, contribution to society is besides the ruining of clowns? Because uh, I think that there has to be, he's done many good things, I think. I think he's, well, he's encouraged reading. I think he's he's really encouraged that. I think he's also encouraged people to kind of writing for themselves. He's written an excellent book called On Writing. I don't know if you've ever tri- oh, okay. checked it out. It's no, it's, it sounds it's great. really inspirational. If you're a creative person and you're just kind of looking for that sort of thing. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, it was quite a while ago now, maybe about 20 years ago. He was he goes for these daily walks and he was living up in Maine and he was actually hit by a truck. And he. Oh, no. Yeah, he was hit by a truck and the driver was either drunk or just distracted. And he was he has the, had multiple floors in his house and his office was at the top, top part of the house. And he came back from the hospital deeply depressed and he's been married to the same woman since like 1969, 68. Mm-hmm. Tabitha. Her name is Tabitha right. Spruce. Isn't that a great name? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. So Tabitha basically set up him an office in the kitchen and mm-hmm. said, this is where you write now. And so yeah. she pushed him there. And so he started writing and that's when he began on writing. And so he just wrote a book on writing. And that's like 
how he got himself out of that rut because he was very depressed because he was like deeply yeah. you know, he was injured and in pain and freaked out, yeah. you know, PTSD from this accident. But he just mm-hmm. talks about like, this is what I do. This is what works for me. Some people, this is what works for them. But he goes, but this is, people always ask me, you know, like, how do you do this? What do you, you know, how, right. how disciplined are you? What days do you take off? And he like, he barely takes any days. He writes every day. I think he says like July yeah. 4th and his birthday and Christmas. Like probably, that's pretty much it. Every other day he writes. <laughs> and these are, these wow. are his tricks right. to the trade. But he also talks about things he loves to read. He's super supportive of other writers and he loves discovering mm-hmm. young talent. He loves music. He bought a radio station in, you know, Maine to support younger artists and doesn't care if it makes money or not. Right, I mean, right. He's a, he's a very generous person. Yeah, yeah. He said he whatever he's interviewed on any of the panel shows, he doesn't like people talk about nice things that he's done. I don't remember any of them. <laughs> I will forget those. But I always get the impression that he that he's a decent dude, right? Very that he's much trying. so. Yes. And and that he's just one of these guys who are like, well, I never expected to have this much money. Yeah, you can have, have 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 at it, or it's or uh, people do something decent. Or he it. says yeah. something, and then somebody will say, you know, uh, hey, you have a blind spot. You're a white man. You're a cis white man. Yeah. You're looking at mm-hmm. the world this way. Like you're you're not understanding your privilege. And he'll come back. Yeah. Goes, you know what? I'm going to think about that. You're right. Right. So he can hear criticism yes. and he can hear, yeah, he can be taught. He can be and, thoughtful. Uh, <laughs> he can just, he doesn't get defensive. Yeah. He can be kind of thoughtful about it, which is It's not so hard. hard to do. Yeah. It, well, and the thing is, is it can be hard when everybody around you is sort of saying you're a genius, you're right. the greatest thing in the world. And then someone else comes up to you and goes, I don't think you understand that that actually hurt my feelings. And uh, I did some joke the other day and some woman was like, that actually, that wasn't great. And, uh, and I was like, I know. noted, don't have to go there. Yeah, I don't. I can guess what I can do. Go around. I don't have to. I don't have to make fun of that part of it. I don't have to use those particular words. Right. Yeah. And there's always new words being created. Because I wonder, like, if his first book was misery, his first book was misery. No, Carrie. Carrie. That's right. His first book was Carrie. What was. um. I wonder if there's anything in some of those older books. Cause I know there's stuff in my older standup that I'm like, that's not great. Oh you know? yeah. There's a lot of, um, you know, look, I'm, I don't want to sound like an apologist. I'm just kind of setting context. No. He's a yeah, white yeah. man living in a very white part of the country. Right. He's living in Maine. Maine. He's right. He's when was Carrie published? 1974, I believe. 74. So, even even if he's the most liberal straight white guy in the world in 1974, he's gonna think that he's helping. Or yeah, by talking about about things that you're like that actually is not helpful. Or he can describe a thing and he thinks he's just oh this is a thing I he he talks about he used to talk about. Um, I went to a movie theater and my wife and I were the only white people in the movie theater and how the people responded and it was kind of like okay how is he gonna say that that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And it's like to him, I'm just describing my experience, but you, and I think over time I've noticed he describes it a little bit differently. Yeah. Because you do, it's, you, you you use different words and different, you different words. And we, and, and the, the prejudices that we're raised with, right. We don't even, and, and how they were fought in 1974 are so weird because in 1974, racism was defined and cured. Yes. Right. By the same. Right. By the same sentence. They're just like, you, you, you can't hate people for what color they are. And then you're like, so then if you say, I don't hate people for what color they are, but you don't change any of your actions. Right. You could, you, you could say, I'm not a racist. And you're like. Ah, baby steps and next. Right. Uh, and so, but that was, and that, cause I genuinely remember that it was from Sesame street. It was from the electric company. It was from uh, zoom, Mr. Rogers, Z- right. All of those shows were, they tried to dumb it down and simplify it to its basic things, but, and then they don't bring it to the next step. And so there's a lot of defensiveness with people who are like, no, that I'm not that. And you're like, but, but I'm an awesome person, yeah. Jackie. 
I don't. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't rape women and I don't attack women. So I'm a good guy. And And it's like, that's pretty base (laughs) level. Like if that's one of my, one of my brothers, when he got a divorce said, you know, I never cheated him. (laughs) And I said, did you, did you, did you want that on your gravestone? Is that, is that feel free to raise the bar, my friend. And uh, yeah, Yeah. it's uh, yeah. I never. Yeah. Nope. Okay. So, um, yeah. So you think I might love- <laughs> exactly. There's no parade for 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 not doing the very basic thing that you said you would not do. Right? You promised that you wouldn't You're- do. You kept your promise. Yeah. Wow. Right. That's sexuality is monogamy right now. That is currently my sexuality. So very dumb. Okay. So we are we're. We're getting there. We have like another 10 minutes or so, like a little bit less than 10 minutes. So what, what have I not touched on? Like, what are your, are there, are there funnier ones than that, than, than scarier ones? Of Stephen King? Unintentionally. Yes. I mean, there's some really really? bad ones. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. I was, I'm trying to think of them as I'm doing that. There's a lot of. That are beloved anyway, I bet. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's one that the, the Dark Tower is a series that I've actually am not that fluent in because that's like a, it's I'm not great with fantasy because world building is hard for me, especially when they have to create names for things like, you know. Oh, I have a friend of mine who hates it when they yeah. they name them all weird names right. and you're like, just this is lip there's gloss, no need for that. But they call it Beelzebub in the book. And then I'm like, <laughs> I can't remember that. Like every time. Just call it a crossbow. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to have to. I can't do that. So Stephen King has a whole multiverse with the Dark Tower. And so they finally made a book and it had Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba. And they put all this money into it. And it's dog done. I mean, it's just terrible. (laughs) Um, They just, they yeah, there's Uh, been like the stand is like you said, like that's a really big, big uh, book. And it was a TV yep. movie that was pretty successful. Like I said, it's one of the ones it was on three nights. First two nights. Awesome. Last night, you're like, yeah. oh, my God, what did he do to the story? Like, what what happened here? <sighs> yeah, yeah. And then they redid it recently for Paramount. I bought a subscription to Paramount just so I could watch this thing. It came <laughs> out a year later and it was not great. <laughs> and so it. Wow. So they got a year's worth of Paramount Plus from yeah. you. And then you watched it and you're oh, like, I had friends oh. that are like, did the, the president of Paramount, does he like send you thank you notes in the mail? Like, hey, thanks for. Because <laughs> I was the only one it's I knew. Weird about, I think we have Paramount Plus for no reason. And yeah. we also, what we don't have, uh, and I've been wanting to watch it, is uh, Ted Lasso. It's not, a, I was like, I'm willing to buy DVDs. Turns out they're not for sale. Apple TV is unwilling to sell. Any of their oh yeah no, any, no, no. any of their stuff you don't have media. Apple yeah you don't have Apple Plus I don't have Apple mm. that's the only that's the only one I think I we you don't know, have. it's I don't want to buy more DVDs right because I just got rid of a bunch of things because it's, mm-hmm. they just take up space I wanted to go digital and then what happens mm-hmm. they start taking things away you don't get the music rights for stuff and then it's like God damn it so I, I like right. Yeah, I was I was in I was and I'm still uh, I'm slightly it's there are things to be upset about. And the fact that WandaVision is never going to be on DVD is a disappointment to me because I want to own none of the Marvel TV shows. You know, they're not going to put any Winter soldier. No, none of them are on DVD. They're all just on Disney Plus. (sighs) Um, So if I, I can watch them whenever I want. And they're still putting the movies out. But the last Thor movie, I was like. I'm good. I don't need to own another Thor movie. Is that the one with and Natalie? What's I, her face as she Thor? As, as Thor, she yeah yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> she Thor, and uh, yeah, and it was good. And they did it. They did an okay job with it. But I would have liked more Natalie Portman, or more Liam Helms. I would have liked more of Thor, and less of whatever shiny bright lights was happening around them because I can't even remember, and um. And they, you know, they sent her to Valhalla at the end of it. Spoiler. Gotcha. Uh, so that they could bring her and Idris Elba back. And um, and I see that the new Black Panther movie, and I called this. I don't know why I've, I've hijacked your uh, your. No, I show, love I love this stuff, too. So that's fine. The Black, the Black Panther, uh, the original Black Panther movie, 
uh, Killmonger dies, right? Right. And uh, yeah, and he says, throw me into the ocean. And as soon as they said, throw me into the ocean, I was like, no body, not dead. Uh, I bet you Namor brings him back to life. And Namor is in the new Black Panther movie. And there is Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan. And I was like, did someone hear me? Or is it just the obvious thing? You know, you don't like when there's a plot thing where you're like, well, that is the next obvious thing in the world of comic books. Yeah. That if you throw somebody in the ocean, Namor's going to find him. Yeah. But (laughs) also he was, I mean, because they lost their star. So, you know, you maybe, I mean, maybe that's it. Did you like She-Hulk? I did like like She-Hulk. It was, yeah, it was, uh, I thought it was uh, adorable. Mm -hmm. And dumb, much like the comics, which I totally, I read, yeah. I collect all of them. And uh, I think it was a Dan Slot run when she was the lawyer. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful, she had two assistants that I was sad were not in the TV show because the two assistants, she was doing research about uh, previous cases and previous cases, what was admissible in court were old comic books. So she had two assistants that would go to the long boxes which is such an inside baseball kind of thing to reference. Mm-hmm. And they weren't in the TV show, but they could be in the next season if there is another season. And um, I think there will be. I, I think it's is. pretty popular. I hope so, yeah. because she did a great job. And um, and I didn't, that fourth wall thing bugged me in the first thing. And then I was like, oh, no, this is what she's doing. No, that's just her. And then, yeah. and, then and it turns out, uh, once you tell me that that's how we're telling the story, I'm like, fine. Yeah. That's, that's great. Like if we're telling the story, what was the, uh, um, like the WandaVision, mm-hmm. you're telling the story through a love of television. Right. Someone right. who Sitcoms. grew up with Bewitched and yeah. yeah. And Malcolm in the Middle and all this stuff. And then, um, and so, y- you know, I mean, there's bro dudes who are like, I like Winter Soldier and Falcon, except for I didn't want that guy to be Captain America. And you're like, no, but it's a six-hour movie. You just watched a six-hour Winter Soldier Falcon movie, and it was epic and it was beautiful. And so, but I, but I am predisposed to like all of them, right? I love my favorite. I loved Captain Marvel, but I think my favorite right now is Black Widow. Black Widow That's, was pretty great. It was so yeah. great. It was so it was so good. Um, yeah, yay! I liked Avengers Endgame. Anyway. I liked uh, I liked Chubby Thor. I like Thor as the dude, just kind of wandering around and all miserable. I kind of loved it. <laughs> That's hilarious. I thought Endgame and uh, the, la- the 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 seven hours of of, of Avengers, yeah. it was a little intense for me. I was just like, I get it. You got to put everybody in it, and there's thirty characters now. Um, but it's sort of like the big crossover comic books when so they do these big crossover events and it they want you to buy seven comics and the series right they want you to buy 49 comics and i don't want to no 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 i don't care what those crossovers are every time i'll buy maybe two or three of them and then i'll and i'll i'll glean the fact that something happened to Rocket and Groot, and I'm like, I didn't need to read the Gar- the Guardians uh, channel. It's so funny. It was fine. Another 86 yeah. or 87 movie, it's uh, not called Blind Date. It's a movie it's, it's set in Coney Island, and it's Robert Downey Jr. and Molly Ringwald. And he... Oh, really? Yes, and he's... Uh, and it's the, the director... I'm telling you right now, it's a director that's accused of sexual assault. That guy. Oh, oh, currently. Yes. Yes. Okay. And he basically Robert Downey Jr. It's the pickup artist, and he's the pickup he's artist picking up, and he's like picking up women everywhere he goes. It's very 1987. I mean, nowadays you would just arrest the guy because he's so obnoxious. Right. right. It's so gross. Oh, it's so gross. Uh, but he's just yes. like very aggressive how he picks women up, and it's and she's like Molly Ringwald is only 18, and they like basically he picks her up and he has sex with her, and then it turns out she has this gambling problem, and he has his problems. Anyway, I look at this movie because I'm for my book and I'm like, he's Tony Stark. Like, look at little baby Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. And little baby Downey Jr. is Tony Stark when Tony Stark was drinking and a giant tool bag. Yeah. And uh, because Tony Stark was not a good guy. No. Right. 
James James Toback. James, James Toback, Toback is a, Oh my god, what a creep. Is James Toback a, is a bit of an elbow squeezer and a guy you got to don't don't be alone with don't James Toback? Don't be alone with him. He was uh yeah, he's ugh, we did an episode on him for what a creep. He's Okay. He's one that's the one to ask women to come and audition for him and then he does really weird horrible things. He's someone uh. that the Los Angeles Times did like a three or four paragraph story on him and then the reporter got 400 leads from women. Who said, oh let me tell God. you my story. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder with these reporters, do they get PTSD after a while from all these women? I mean, you've got to think, right? Right, right. And, and then the thing is, like, they never, it's so, like, I, I saw some thread on, on Twitter yesterday morning, right before I went, I, I got so mad. I saw this thread about how, like, when you're 18, you know, you know better to do things and then you when you go to college and you know how to live a little defensively and then you get your first job and you know you learn again that nobody gives a shit about mm-hmm. you and then I saw that you yeah that was an amazing yes. thread and you're like and then you're 51 and you know you're, I mean it just kept going this woman just kept going she's like you know and then it's 2016 and Hillary's not winning and all my male friends are like well there was something I didn't like about yeah. it and uh she's you know, a little cold like, <laughs> Yeah, she's a little cold. She just didn't smile enough. And uh, and she might have been killing pizza people at a pizza place. And you're like, okay, tinfoil hat, you got to get away from me. You just go uh, get your Reynolds wrap on somewhere fucking else. Anyway, uh, I've digressed. Yeah. And um, would you ever write a horror movie, a horror film, a book or movie? I actually would like to, I think. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe like that's the next chapter of my life. What do you, yeah. What do you want to ruin for children? <laughs> dolls? I think dolls have been ruined. Uh, yeah. What I got to find some, you know, that's a good idea. I got to find something. It's got to be maybe like the cell phone <laughs> or something like, you know, the, the, the iPad or something. Cause that's just something they don't want right. to give up. Right. On Nintendo switch. Yeah. You're just like, ah, oh, is that. Your joystick, your uh, your your controller, yeah. your Twitch account. There you go. A Twitch account gone bad. A Twitch account. I'm gonna gone mail bad. that to myself. That's it. Oh yeah, please do, ladies and gentlemen. Margot Donahue uh, has talked uh, somewhat about her dorkdom, and then I've just kind of talked about my dorkdom to her, which is what this show can sometimes <laughs> become. Margot Donahue, you are a delight. You have a book out called um, "Filmed in Brooklyn." Filming. Filmed in Brooklyn. Filming filmed in Brooklyn. So uh, that just came out. People could buy it. You like films, Rangers. Dorking Out is a podcast. What a Creep is a podcast. Book versus Movie is a podcast. Margot Donahue does them all. On Twitter and Instagram, it's Brooklyn Fit Chick. And on TikTok, it's Margot Donahue. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you so much. I had a blast. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?